You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. the era of the sort of dangerous road trip movies right yeah. like it feels like every road trip movie we've gotten in the past many years has just been like a goofy comedy that's yeah. just like oh it's just like or family road trip comedy you know yeah like in back in the 90s we used to know how to do the road trip movies right yeah, it's the road indeed. trip era baby. Yeah. yeah they're getting yeah. like natural born killers and love in a 45 yeah. and yeah. gun crazy and a bunch of stuff where it's like yeah the dangerous road trip movie that had quirky elements that really kind of harken back to the films of the 70s the psychotronic road trip movies you know and, yeah. and like like crazy dangerous crime caper movies but with a sense of humor about them like vacation no, i'm just kidding <laughs> well in the 70s you had like dirty mary crazy larry and stuff like oh, that right. you know yeah. and this is what uh, the director here uh ethan cohen like has cited as his reason for like writing this movie with his wife trisha cook yeah. who, who is i'm confused by this but apparently is a lesbian but they are married and have children but sure okay whatever do your open thing. relationship you yeah know. Do your it's th- a brave they, new world chris it's, 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 it's the nineties, man. Man, I'm, I'm <laughs> wait. Is it? Hooray! <laughs> wait, why am I fat? <laughs> You're fat. Uh, yeah, you were a baby in the nineties. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, Ethan Cohen doing this movie without his brother Joel Cohen, like Joel just did. What was it? Two years ago, yeah, the, legend, the legend of Mac- <laughs> the tragedy, yeah. tragedy, of Macbeth, tragedy of Macbeth, yeah. yeah, which to great acclaim, yeah. Uh, and great film. You know, a lot of people were upset when it was like, "Oh, the Cohen brothers are breaking up." That's not actually what they said. They're like, "We're just kind of taking a break." You, the actual quote was something like, "After thirty years of making movies, it starts to feel more like a job." Yeah, and I know something was, you do for um, pleasure, and yeah. they were like, "We need to kind of explore our own things," which is fair enough because yeah. you, 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 as an artist, you don't want that to be the feeling that you get whenever you approach 100%. your art. Yeah. And supposedly they are, they are planning a new movie. They just announced that they're doing like a horror movie now. Like yeah, that, they yeah. did a hard horror film and I'm like, oh my God, yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. Now will Wes Anderson say the same thing? I want <laughs> oh to see gosh, that. yes. I please. want Wes Anderson's horror film. But Driveway Dolls <laughs> is totally a very different animal, obviously, than the tragedy of Macbeth. <laughs> like, whereas, I see some similar tones. Well, I'm joking. Joel was always known more for being the director guy, the mm, visual guy right. of the team. And Ethan was always known more for being the writer guy the like quirky yeah. the quirky cohen aspect is more credited to him sure. so i mean yeah and pre pre when they were credited as cohen brothers or that was like a a brand they could even pitch it on the movies are always like directed by joel cohen 
produced by Ethan Cohen, yes. written by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Like that's kind of how they split their yeah their because division, of yeah. because of also rules DJ and, rules yeah, yeah exactly yeah it was until like um, I think the Lady Killers was the first one where they shared a credit was yeah. that really was but, that the first but time? they've always <laughs> oh. said that yes we co-wrote and co-directed all of these together but because of rules you have to credit everyone's already yeah, 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 yeah always known that exactly yeah. but in this case it really is just Ethan Cohen <laughs> and again his wife Trisha Cook who has been a longtime editor and presumably to some level co-writer <laughs> since the early days of yeah they, they always edit under a pseudonym Roderick Janes but I um yeah it was always Joel Ethan but and this, Trisha Cook this is their this screenplay has been in the pipelines like they've been working on it for decades or so oh, I, I don't know about decades <laughs> it, it yeah. was, no it, it was on the um I know it was on the black oh, the early 2000s point. yeah yeah it was when and, they first pitched it to Allison Andrews appropriately yeah enough. yeah right yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know that makes sense with a lot of like the tone of this movie seems or just like the subject matter of this movie seems a, like definitely like a throwback. Yeah, no, I mean, it really does. And not even yeah. to mention it, it takes place 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, <laughs> talking about this movie, Drive Away Dolls, originally titled Drive Away Dykes, which, by the way, the end credits actually do just say, I fuck know. you, it's yes. called Drive Away Dykes, which yeah. I thought was That's great. a really good that little really fuck you. Idea. I thought yeah, that was really a good was. fuck you. Yeah. Like, we're, it's called Drive Away Dykes. Uh, joining me, Chris, is... Alan. Frank. Mike. All of us big Coen Brothers uh, yeah, absolutely. fans. I mean, who Max what sane, fan, yeah. What yeah. sane person isn't? Yeah, if you're, I, I don't know. I if don't you're know a fan of film and you're like, the Coens aren't for me, it's a real <laughs> then you're not what's a going on. Fan. Exactly. Not really a film fan. Get away from me, please. I don't know how that works in your head. You're Stop watching fan. movies if you don't like the Coens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is more in the line of their campier comedy, very heightened reality, heightened character. <laughs> it, it, it feels kind and, of dry uh, or Razy Arizona a little bit. Yeah. It's, very, it's very absurd a lot of times yeah, it's a, wonderfully absurd totally absurd but with a definite heavy nod towards those 70s psychotronic films mm-hmm. in the sense of there's a lot of interstitials that happen where it's like goes into total 60s 70s psychedelic yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was there's a point where I, I, I was I didn't say it out loud but I was almost leaning to Frank saying like I probably should have brought some acid to the screening or right. something yes. there were a few times that Mike and I just looked over each other like this is happening right now yeah. right yes. but also more of a modern feel with the fact that this is a lesbian yeah. like a movie a hundred percent with the two leads Margaret Qualley and uh, Geraldine Viswanathan who recently had a big breakout with her uh, role of Kayla in Block Mm-hmm. which a lot of people credit as like the you know the breakout role of that film but i also like her from the tv show miracle workers she was okay. also Watched in um right. the beanie bubble last year she was very good oh in that. right okay but the, the two of them on a road trip together because they get a the title driveway dolls refers to they get a driveway car because uh marion that played by geraldine viswanathan is has has said i'm going to see my aunt who lives in tallahassee florida and uh, Margaret Qualley's just broken up. Be- well, she's been broken up with with her girlfriend, played by Beanie Feldstein, Suki, uh, because she's like Jamie. Margaret Qualley's character is completely a wild card, sex obsessed. She's like, she's very she, impulsive. She's she is the uh, fuck anything lesbian, and Marion is the very straight laced business yeah, front exactly. lesbian. You know, they're Buttoned very different and, people. Yeah, but they've been friends for a long time. One of the things I was surprised by, we never saw the origins of their friendship. Here, no, and I was like, what? What made these two people become friends <laughs> in, in the, the first place? place. Yeah, yeah I, 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 you know, not so. I mean, opposites attract. It's it's a classic. You know, well, I'm not. Wasn't like questioning sort of like the uh, like why would 
or at least they were be friends. But I was genuinely curious what brought them together. Yeah, it's, it's that odd couple kind of thing. Yeah, you know? pro- yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I kind of enjoyed that. Like, the, like at first, even from the trailers, I thought maybe this is gonna be like a meeting of two people or like oh, okay, yeah. friends of friends. But the way the movie presents it, it's like, oh, we are friends and like roommates, and we're just like, this is our life. So I was like, yeah. I kind of enjoyed that aspect. Well, of like, it. and not over explained. And Jamie, as wild as she is, cares about her friend. She's a Texas girl in the most exaggerated Coen no Brothers kidding. version of Texas. <laughs> yeah, she girl is just chock full of like the, those cliched which sayings. Is, which and... is so you know weird because you know she's Mark Marquardt is obviously Anna McDowell's daughter, so she knows how to do a credible Southern accent. But I guess for this movie, since it is so heightened reality, I guess yeah. it, it is a it, very it, it works. Yeah. Very just as, as a disclaimer. <laughs> For those of you not in Texas, that's not how we sound. Yeah, well, not, not in Austin anyway. Yeah. No, We're no, not, no, is no. she supposed to be from Fort Worth? And they don't sound like yeah, Fort sound Worth. Like no, they Fort don't. Worth, no, no, they don't. Like maybe in El Paso or something. But like, I don't no, even know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I maybe mean, like the Panhandle or somewhere. Yeah, like never heard that. Yeah. 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 Texarkana. Texarkana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably. <laughs> those are still alive. No, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so... They're like, okay, we're going to take this road trip together because Jamie's like, you know what? We need to get Marion laid. She's like got a big stick up her ass and not in a pleasurable way. <laughs> and, and like, I I need to get out of here because I don't have any place to live anyway. And fuck it. Why not Tallahassee? Let's get, let's go on this. So they get this driveway car that unfortunately takes place at exactly the same moment uh, as the guy at the driveway place uh, uh, played by a lovely little small role by Bill Camp. Yeah. I love Bill Camp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Curly. He's yeah, Curly. Who I wanted more from in this. I wanted I him know. to have like a, a, a end scene or post credit scene or something. But, right. yeah. no, wait, uh, wait, he's just still there in the yeah, same place we left there. him. What, yeah. what doesn't anyone save Curly? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was like, Oh, uh, he gets a phone call like, yeah, we're ordering a car. It's Tallahassee. It, it, it's going to be there. Like, uh, our people are coming in and they, ha- it's just coincidence. These girls come in. We're going to Tallahassee. We want a driveway. And he's like, oh, uh, and just assumes they're the people the guy was it's talking such about. such an Ethan Cohen moment yeah, when that happens. exactly. Yeah. So like, okay, gives them the car. Then the actual people show up who are like uh, two thugs to pick up the car. And like, what the fuck? So the movie is like a, let's track down these people who have the car. They, even they go like, okay, they understand this wasn't like some other yeah. rival group. It's a classic. I mean, honestly, it's like a classic. The whole movie is structured like a classic home where they're set up like, like a series of misadventures due to like a misunderstanding uh-huh. with a and major like, yeah. Miss MacGuffin involved in the middle. Yeah, of that, absolutely. Which is that which in is... the car, they don't know there's there. There's some kind of package. And there's also yeah. like that through line, I'll say. through line of uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. there's there's that through line of just like kind of gleeful nihilism where things just happen because things happen in life and it's yeah. like chaos, but it's like kind of funny and it that's all in this movie. Yeah, for sure. and so like the bulk of the movie is really sort of this slow romance between these two girls who couldn't be more different as they start to understand each other and each other's flaws and overcome them and realize that maybe we've got more eh, like reason to be with each other than like uh like with other people uh, which is sweet and honestly yeah. endearing i really oh, yeah. like yeah, I that so quality too. of yeah. it a lot and, and that's really when the film like actually takes its time and slows down and actually yeah. it's, it's, there's a little bit of a maturity to that it's a, it's a like tenderness to when it's this them exploring each other and the rest of it is them dodging these guys yes. who keep like missing them and making mistakes on their own and don't really get along either oh yeah, no, uh, yeah. The, any any argument between them is just it's, it's classic Owens. Yeah. yeah yeah uh joey slotnick and uh cj wilson joey slotnick who i was trying to remember where i knew him from and i was like oh he was in Hollow Man. He was in Twister, which we were just talking That's about. That's right. 
right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Nip Tuck. He's been in so many. He's like one, one of those faces. Pirates of Silicon Valley where yeah. he played Steve Wozniak. He definitely has one of those faces. Yeah. And he's uh-huh. just a guy who's around. He's been yeah. working for a long time. Yeah. Coleman Domingo. Yeah. Coleman Domingo plays their, their kind of boss who's like uh, trying to send them orders and just exasperated with the both of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then somewhere in here, and I'm not going to say to what degree, is Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> who does that a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. He, uh, so it's like, uh, Matt Damon's going to appear. Unfortunately, this time he doesn't get on stage with a punk band and sing. <laughs> no. But yeah, and lately he's been doing it for like his guys. He was in yeah, like yeah. the end of like the Soderbergh movie yeah. a couple years ago, and there's another Cohen. Like he's just like, <laughs> he shows, yeah, he, he shows he the first in, uh, Jane Bob yeah, reboot you know? for like two minutes. I think he just does it for fun. I mean, like, it's yeah. not like the guy needs any more money. At this point, I think no. he just does it because it sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a fun day at the Sounds office, like a good hang. It sounds like a Exactly. Exactly. But like I said, it's a. It is at its oh, worst. There's a sigh. There's a sigh at its, there. At its worst, it is a little hard to get into the heightened reality of it. I think, and it mm. took me a little while to get into the sort of sense of humor. This movie is it because has. It, it forces you to do so so quickly. Yeah, it yeah. just jumps right into this absurdist. <laughs> comedy right. comedic reality these people live in and yeah. no one is really likable right off the bat you're just like uh, they're all kind of <laughs> but they're also hard they're, to get into or uh, find an identifying point yeah where, because, because they, don't, they don't come across as like actual people <laughs> yeah. in the beginning and yeah. not until the end and usually it, it takes like them going to bed together spoiler alert yeah. so sorry. sorry that for actually for actually i mean I, you to see them as individuals i, I agree that it, that's when the movie kind of opens up a little bit and lets some people in the real issue, I, I do have, I'm pretty mixed on this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny because as we're describing everything that happens in this movie, and if someone were to describe to me, like, in detail, all the plot points of this movie, I'd be like, this sounds It'd amazing. be like a jam. Yeah. I think it sounds incredible. Yeah, um, yeah but, I mean. Well, but you saw it. <laughs> but, like, it is, is it, like, it's a real issue. It's something with the pace and the editing and the timing of yeah. jokes. And I was going to say the, the same thing. Like, it, the, the, the transitions, they feel very sitcom. Yeah, or just like in the performances, is this everything like, about it? Am I watching Ethan Cohen's Home Improvement? Well, it feels it feels like his, the, he just told his editor just go to town. And well, it was yeah. um, the Trish Cook, the, the yeah. co-writer. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, she. Had, yeah, yeah. I feel like like there was just um, there's no nuance to to it at all, and there needs to be a little bit. And, right. and I mean, like it there, definitely follows the trail of like those more absurdist Coen Brothers comedies. Mm-hmm. You know, like at its worst, it's a little bit intolerable cruelty. At its best, it's a lot. Oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, and, and See, I'm like, I think it 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 goes back and forth in that where I kept falling back in in and out of love with this movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Same, same here. I mean, there, there's a lot of these really trippy uh, cutaway scenes. That I wouldn't, they they do lead to something, but before you find out what it's leading to, it I feel it slows down the movie. Like again, there's points where I'm looking at Frank, like what the fuck? Is uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Which is something to say because this movie is like an hour and twenty minutes long. Yeah, but it proves that yeah. like it, uh, eighty-four uh, minutes. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. One of the oh, wow. cri- one of the critics came out of here saying, "Yeah, for the ninety-minute movie, I'm like, yeah, but I think this movie kind of suffers from being ninety minutes in, in a way. It's just it's just like bam, 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 point gag, you know, this and that. And it's then hard we're done. to make a comedy well, that's it's, longer it's, than that. It's, it's very fast-paced, and yet it gets bogged down by the, those trans by those transitions and, and those cutaways. I really hated those transitions. I did not. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 at first I did. There's a point, like, I eventually got used to it. And there's some, a couple really good transitions, too, like, where it's, like, the, those hidden cuts. I love those. But, you know, if it was, like, you know, if it was spinning or if it was, like, you know, the, the scene kind of falling, um, like, you know, like a tilt sideways with a cartoon sound. It was, like, 
I don't know. It just, it, it felt out of place to me. Um, it worked for me. And those transitions are actually one of my favorite things about the movie. Well, I was going to say, okay. not till I got till towards the end where I understood why they were happening. Oh, exactly. Because yeah, this I mean, actually ends up being, it's not just for style. At the end, you're like, oh, this actually ties into the plot yeah, in a, a weird way. It, yeah. a little bit, oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I mean, look, when, whenever I see it again, knowing the context, I, I'm probably going to soften up on that, but... Yeah, as it's happening, you're going to be questioning a lot. But again, I mean, the thing is, though, with a lot of movies, that is kind of the point, though. You are kind of there for the ride, and then you go back. I and mean, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's just it's a little um, – it does hold back the first time around. But I think on repeat viewings, I'll definitely be yeah. past that. And let me say, this is definitely a movie that earns its R rating, at least <laughs> verbally. Uh, it, it's – you know, it is a sex comedy. Yeah. Uh, and there's only a certain amount of nudity in it, but there's a lot of, like – sex scenes yeah you know and there's a, there's and a, a matter, lot of like talking about sex yeah. in a very there's a hard matter way. of fatness to this it's not like there's no innuendo margaret quality and, uh, especially yeah. the way she talks through the whole movie is just like i yeah. remember this one time my girl this girl put her tongue in my pussy i thought it was gonna come out my ass <laughs> yeah I, was, well, I love that boy. character i love that first of all this is set in the in the <laughs> late 90s 1999 yeah yeah when it was gay wasn't as much fun back then um <laughs> especially if you know, you know but um yeah, and so I love seeing that this character existed in that world that was so incredibly sex positive and just approached everything with abandon. Um, that was something that should be applauded, I think. What's oh, weird absolutely. Is yeah. there's, despite you think they're setting up towards a confrontation about like morals and stuff in this movie, yeah. it never really is part of the film. Which is Even like, they're driving through Florida and they're like, oh shit, this is a place, don't let the sun set you if you're le- uh, down on you if you're a lesbian in Florida. Like it never really is a thing. That's a, that's a classic Cohen brother. I mean, thing. I mean yeah. they, they slow yeah. dance I, in the middle of like a uh, of a public thing, and no one bats an eye. Yeah. Or but it's like a classic Cohen brother. Like it's like if you think of like the ending of No Country for Old Men, where you keep like leading up to this confrontation, and then like <laughs> mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen. Like yeah. one character's killed off screen, then nothing happens, and you just. The killer gets in a car wreck. It's just like, what the fuck? It's a weird like, sort of false tension. That's yeah, there. yeah. Which really they is. they play with a lot in their movies. But I'm like, almost glad it's not there because this is such an absurdist <laughs> comedy in so many ways. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if I wanted a confrontational. It wouldn't fit really. It would. I think. I think that's good that they didn't like play up like any like southern homophobia or get too overly political. I mean, it never that, gets melodramatic. Well, uh, I think because yeah. they know that everybody watching this movie knows it was there. And that that's enough. Yeah, yeah I think it that's existed. it. They reference and know, like, yeah, this is a thing that you should be worried about. But yeah, we're not. I mean, di- we're, we're not ultimately, with it. I think you said it. It's a very sex positive film, uh, and it lives in a world where, all, it, like, nobody's really that concerned about this yeah. stuff. And mm-hmm. this is, it feels so natural. Yeah, like you yeah. watch it, and there's nothing about the this world of like lots and lots, lots and lots of lesbians who have sex and. <laughs> orgies and like swap parties, parties and yeah. everything yeah. that feels like <laughs> that was so fucking funny unnatural hilarious. or something yeah. you know and you're just like whatever it's a world some people live in this world yeah you know? yeah. yeah and especially uh, that's the thing i think they nail pretty good it's 99 like frank was saying and there's like there is like some subtle differences like now there are like as they say in the movie like dyke bars or gay bars for sure but that scene is very different from what it was probably 25 years ago and with Trisha Cook, the co-writer, being a lesbian at that time, like she probably like, yeah, in '99, like if you were going up, you look for the gay bar that you go to yeah. as a gay person, and you go to that gay bar, and and also I'm a little, 
it's different in Austin. It's like there are plenty like the gay bars are yeah. filled with gay and straight and cis people and like the straight bars are filled with gay and straight and cis people. It's yeah. just like and it's, kind it's, of all mixed yeah, it's in. So wonderful that they are. Um, <laughs> Do you like go to the gay bar and have it filled with cis no, people? No, I love I love it. Sounds I, sincere. No, because as a gay man I don't want to feel uh, marginalized in a gay bar. Um oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll say this when I moved uh, I was living in Richmond, Virginia in the late eighties, early nineties. And there was a rich guy gay bar that was members only that my gay friend would bring me to Ooh. called Christopher's. Of course. <laughs> I, I, he thought it was great. I got to bring you to Christopher's. But it was all it was always very sparsely attended, but it was so expensive. And he was like, I'm paying for everything. Don't worry about it. But he was just my friend. There was yeah. no like, I'm going to convert this guy thing. Yeah. Uh, You're going to pay for the drinks later. He no, was like, always like. He'd go like, I've got to introduce you to this girl because gay guys there would bring their straight girlfriends. I got laid more at that gay bar from like straight females than I did in any other bar in my entire life. Nice. Because all the gay guys are like, we love this guy. He's so cute. He's so adorable. You should totally have weird heterosexual sex with my friend. Yeah. <laughs> we had uh, in London, I, went to, I would go to this gay bar frequently, gay nightclub called Heaven. And um, there was one night when I was in the line, there was like a like five straight girls wanting to go there. I think they were on a bachelorette party, just going bar hopping. Wanted to get in, and they were turned away. Like, no, you don't have a gay guy. You can't come in here. I'm like, like, yeah, get him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't belong here. Not that kind. You've got to come in with a gay person. I yeah. agree. Yes. It's, it's like Legoland. You can't, you can't come in alone without a child. It's my gay pass. <laughs> anyway, let's go to final thoughts. Alan, what do you think? Um, yeah, like I was saying earlier, like if this entire plot was described to me or something, like, oh, you got to check it out. Like it would sound like a movie I would be so into. And I was excited to see this movie. I just. I feel like there's something so like clunky and misshapen about it, and I, I hate to compare it to like the Cohen's like worst movie ever, like Lady Killers, or like oh, which is another that one is their worst movie. Where that you is can, not. It is. No, but, I'm yeah, sorry. I, 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 I like. No. I, I do like it's Lady Killers. Intolerable cruelty is much better than Lady Killers. Wow, so really? crazy. Okay. Well, again, it comes back to the thing of like. That's not like a, one of their best, but it works as a movie. Like the jokes, the editing, like it flows. And this movie is just so clunky to me. And I can't really pinpoint it, but I will admit this. Like there are often times where I see a Coen, Coen Brothers movie and I'm just like, man, I like that. But like, I don't know if I loved it. And then I'll watch it again and then again and be like, actually, it's kind of a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's how I am with Burn After Reading. Um. That's a great example. Like where it feels like a little disjointed the first time and better and better, better. Yeah. So. I will, with the caveat, say, like, I could see myself watching this again sometime and be like, oh, you know what? Actually, this does, like, work. <laughs> yeah. Like, the tone they're going mm-hmm. for is working on me more now, or that Ethan's going for. For now, I'm giving it, like, a respectable six out of ten dicks in a box. It's just, like, <laughs> and which is, like, to me, it's just, like, good, not great, not really bad, but not, I don't know, it's just... That's, 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 that's a funny fun. joke. Yeah. That's a funny gag, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Thank hey, you. A lot of good gags, and we yeah. got a lot of like stuff that made me laugh. But. Thank you, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, uh, there you go, Frank. Uh, I do know what Alan means. I think uh, the, there is a clunkiness there. There were, I felt like there were spots that were missing. There were elements, components that were just. Um, that just weren't there. Um, but what was there worked in a very absurdist way, a very like dark comedy way. Um, I don't <laughs> want to say this is classic Cohen, Ethan Cohen, but it is um, classic Ethan Cohen. I think it's Cohen light. And, classic and, Joel. Well, no, it is Ethan. Ethan, so, yeah. Ethan yeah, yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's light Ethan Cohen in a way, but it's also kind of tells me that 
maybe you shouldn't hold on to that one thing that you were writing 20 years ago uh, because it's you, you become too close to it that uh, it's it's lost whatever potential it had by just you know continuously revisiting being revisited and reworking um, you know they they had a similar problem with their gambit script about 10 years ago oh yeah that's right I never saw that movie. yeah you don't but <laughs> I won't. I don't think I saw that. Yeah, it was a remake of the Michael Caine, Charlotte McLean movie, which you also, like. Also, Chris. Suburbicon yeah. was another one that they held on exactly. for a long time. That yeah. it wasn't supposed to be and, good. Yeah, and maybe, maybe sometimes you just like you should just leave it. <laughs> Point you or pass it on to someone else. Exactly. To do something else. Yeah. Which exactly. they did with Suburbicon. <laughs> yeah, they right? did. Oh, well, that's still and Gambit. Shit. Gambit was also someone else too. Yeah. We'll yeah. Um, but uh, you know, this does have a lot of the great stuff that wor- that works. Um, the humor, <laughs> a lot of it is on point. Um, the story for the most part is on point, but it is, it is fairly sketchy. And after two decades of writing, working on the script off and on, obviously, uh, there shouldn't be anything, any clunkiness to it. There shouldn't yeah. be any, you know, anything you feel that like it should be perfect. Well, I think no, he kind of, and you kind of know that it, it does feel like a Coen brothers movie that they worked on and then someone else did. Like, yeah. They were like involved with it at some point. That's like yeah, I like you kind of cleared it up in my head. It's like, oh, that's that's what the <laughs> oh, feeling I did is. That. Yes. That's awesome. So I'm just gonna end with a quote. Um sure, I, let's all wait while from, he looks up on his <laughs> It's here, it's here, it's here. Um it was here. Interstitial uh, <laughs> elevator music, insert here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dun, 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 uh, the girl dun, from Ipanita. It, no, it's from <laughs> it's from uh, the big Lebowski. Uh it's when the strangers say, made me laugh. Parts anyway. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to give this, uh, sorry, I'm going to give this uh, six and a half. No, I'll go ahead and give it a seven because the the laughs are are there and they work pretty well. Uh, Seven out of ten cameos from singers who just won her first Grammy. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the credits list Miley Cyrus on here. Yeah, yeah. So where was she? The in psychedelic. The psychedelic. She, she psychedelic. Was, psychedelic. She's that. Yeah. Psychedelic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not sure who that was. Yeah. I was like, I recognize. I, I thought her, that I you, sure. you reacted big when she came up. I'm like, is that who I think it is? And yeah. by, by your reaction, I'm like, okay, and I'm yeah. not even a Miley fan. But I just like, oh, what the fuck? Well, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, I don't care about her music at all. Whatever. <laughs> I, like, it's nothing against it. It's just not my thing. It's not your oh, thing. But yeah. I kind of like Miley Cyrus. The Icon, I'm yeah, like, yeah. The same way I feel about Taylor Swift. I'm like, I give a fuck yeah, about same her music. Well, Miley already but, like, is. Miley's God like, bless like a, her. Miley's like a born parody of herself, which I love. Yeah, all she, about. she embraces that. Shit. Yeah, like, exactly. She's yeah. a fun, yeah, yeah. yeah, just, yeah. She's like, a fun hang. I feel yeah. like she would be a fun hang. <laughs> yeah, it's like I would like hanging out with Miley Cyrus and never bringing up her music at all. <laughs> <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm with Alan for the most part. I'm like with both you guys. Like, there's a lot to really love about this. It's really funny. The cast is great and everything. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's very clear that Joel is a more visual director because it didn't feel as visually um, inspired. It's inspired, not. yeah. But I was laughing a lot in this movie. Yeah. Um, it doesn't get bogged down by some of those the, those psychedelic scenes. Some of the transitions take a lot of getting used to. But you brought up a really good point, Alan. It, because with, there are some Coen Brothers movies where I came out of it not loving it, but upon rewatching, um, I come to love them. Like, yeah, Burn After Reading mm. or 
or big example of that is a serious man. Yeah. I came out thinking oh. that was good, but not great. But the more I watch it, the more I fucking love I it. Love I love mean, a I need serious to go back man. And rewatch that because I felt very mixed about it when I saw it. I've never rewatched it. it. Oh, so. oh I, 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 the more I watch, more thought about it, everything's like, oh, this movie's kind of genius. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing with the so, Coens. They're like some of the most rewatchable or revisitable movies, and like they yeah. grow. Even well, though, even just, the ones you can't like, you don't like initially. It's like I, just, I just can't yeah. shake them. We're just telling Mike in the car. It's like I remember seeing Miller's Crossing when it came out and feeling very sort of like, okay, I mean, it was good, but it didn't really resonate with me and i just rewatched it recently i was like this is one of their best movies yeah like, oh that, my god that's the thing that's the, it's like the trick they pull like <laughs> that, i like the movies that you come and, eh. yeah. and then like later it's like well actually this, is this the best one it's like <laughs> what the hell like yeah, yeah. it's wild <laughs> but yeah um no I, I think it also like the love story that develops is very sweet you know i mean the, 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 you, you feel it you, you feel it feels authentic and <laughs> Even in all of the the lunacy and cartoon craziness, it, there's there's a beating heart too, and that's what I love about it. it, it it's it's classic Cohen dark comedy. <laughs> like I saw on Chris in the car, it's true romance with dildos. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean for now, I, I'm 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 with that. I'm gonna give it in, in Frank here. I'm, I'm gonna give it um, seven out of ten Pennsylvania license plates. There you nice. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I actually it's funny he said that, and I said I thought. Uh, natural born killers. If it had, if it was trying to go for sweetness instead of mean spiritedness, oh. like because it's got a weird that psychotronic part is a huge natural born part chillers. of this film, <laughs> right? And it's just like it's absurd. It's it's psychedelic. It's like crazy weird fucking shit happens. There's lots of weird cameos, like you know Matt Damon especially is a weird cameo in this movie, and the way that ends up all playing out oh, is gosh. really weird. Best joke in the movie, yeah. It's yeah, like the, it's a very the end. Yeah, yeah, but that's exactly. the thing is that this movie, I started kind of cold on it. I was at first like, I don't know. I'm not really. Get, <laughs> this is like I'm not really getting this movie's sense of humor. I see that it feels very Ethan Cohen writing for the comedy sense of humor, but it's not really sticking with me. But as it went on, I warmed to it as I started to like these characters as they started becoming less caricatures and more human. And in the third act, I really loved the third act. I thought the third act yeah. is the strongest point of this movie. Mm-hmm. As everything comes together, the jokes really start to come to fruition. Um, there's the plot like goes in really interesting directions. It's got like a, a MacGuffin suitcase that you're just <laughs> yes. like the, it's literally the Pulp Fiction suitcase in some ways, uh, the way it looks. And I'm waiting for them. I really thought they were not going to tell us what were it was in the suitcase. Yeah, I would have, I would have like, been about that. But the Coen brothers never would have done that. Like they're never going to go like, this is a tilt of the head to Quentin Tarantino. They'd be like, fuck that. We're going to show you what's in it. When you see what's in it, you laugh really. They have fun with their MacGuffins. You think about the MacGuffin in Burn After Reading with George Clooney's building in the basement. Yeah. But I think ultimately this is really charming and I think a film that will definitely benefit from a second viewing. And there's going to be people who are, you know, outside of prejudices are going to flat out hate this and go, this is not for me at all. And there's going to be people who are going to immediately see it and go, this is now one of my all-time favorite movies ever. Like even outside of the 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 LGBTQ crowd are going to go like, I love this. I love everything about it. I know people who are going to see it and I'm going to recommend it to like, this is for you. You need to see this movie. You're going to totally. Yeah. I can think of a few people to recommend to it. Yeah. Um, this either way is going to be a cult film 
even if it doesn't get overwhelmed, like it's not going to get glowing. It's probably going to hang at like 70% of Rotten Tomatoes is my guess. But cult is its destiny. Cult is its destiny. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a a very positive cult film for a while. And I suspect we'll see imitators coming down the road. What a great, charming cast of people involved in it as well. Beanie Feldstein, which we said very little of. My favorite performance. My favorite performance. She's she's so good. Only very interstitially, but when she is, she's just delightful. (laughs) (laughs) She's really fun. So fucking funny. And ultimately, she's a big part of the third act in a way that like I just thought was great. Uh yeah, I I think ultimately this is a great movie. Uh I'm gonna give it actually seven and a half out of ten uh tongues that went up my vagina and came out my asshole. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, that one stuck with you that it line. Because yeah. that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't have a vagina. But, yeah, yeah. Say, oh, yeah. You know, if I did, that would be pretty cool. You take making Malalies from uh, Dicks of the Musical. Yeah, there you, you go. You steal that one? No, 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 I'm not. Let the, let's never speak of Dicks. Sewer yeah, boys, sewer it. boys. Oh, God, no. you like torturing? <laughs> that movie, like I'm straight. That movie felt like a hate crime against the gay community. It, 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 by the hate, the gay community. By the gay community. Yeah, 